Welcome to the Be Free RE podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angotti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you want to do. All right, welcome back to another episode, everybody. Tony, are you with me? I am with you. All right, man. Here in beautiful Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yes, it's been, uh, we're entering the end of summer, end of fall. It's dark at like almost all day, it feels like now. <laughs> yep. And we've been getting my favorite weather, which is also very prevalent in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is cold rain. <laughs> I love, I love cold rain. And fortunately unfortunately i've replaced a great many roofs this past year and i finally am not getting as many calls when it rains however i used to hate when it would rain because i knew that there were going to be at least two or three maintenance calls every time it rained oh man so fortunately that did not happen yet however it probably will uh just just give it a couple more weeks and we'll find some new new rain issues you um you talked recently on the podcast about getting some work done on your house to divert water away from your driveway or something or other yeah um have you completed that work <laughs> i have yeah thankfully and how did that work go uh, I don't know. It went really well as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I should probably go out and actually like check it recently. But we had a pretty big storm right after. And, uh, you know, what would happen is we'd see a ton of water coming out of the retaining wall or uh, dirt coming out of the retaining wall displaced by the water. Yeah. So don't see much dirt now. So that's great. Although nice. It's almost raining too hard right now. It'd be hard to tell. So anyway. Yeah. Money well spent. Oh, what do we have here? Um, do we have are we doing? <laughs> are we doing a tenant story? The listeners can't see me, but I'm in my like baseball cap and cutoff shirt for the uh, yeah. Florida tenant story today. Yeah, you are coming right from Demolition Derby at the the Fayette County Fair. <laughs> um, so, so what do we have here? Kids deep. Kid seats still just five five bucks. Um, today we actually are going to talk about animals. So we have Dustin from Pittsburgh calling in about some everyone's favorite emotional support animals, and we're going to talk about a Florida tenant with some attack chickens. So who let's can let's hear about these attack chickens. Yeah, who can resist a lead in like that? All right, Florida tenant coming in. So, uh, my dad was a landlord back in the early '90s, deep deep in Florida. And occasionally, uh, he'd have to go into the basement when there was an issue with the tenants, particularly with flooding. Well, one house came up and let him know that he had to come in. And it said, beware of attack chickens hung on the basement door. He ignored it, thinking that was probably some uh, excessive uh, joke making by the tenants. And he went into what was a dirt basement and there was chicken wire everywhere. Chickens were immediately terrified and started clucking and pecking, scaring my dad with their attack chicken behavior. He backed up and bumped into a, uh, a wire fence, chicken wire fence. When he turned around, he saw that there was a five-foot pit behind the wire and there was a crocodile in it. <laughs> Apparently, the chickens were croc food. 
So uh, nice. Yeah, I don't know. That one ups your possible. Was stories. this was this like Doctor Evil's house after um after he like lost his his million dollars? I guess so. I mean, what he moved from uh, what was the the freaking lasers, yeah. the things sharks with Shark their dolphins, freaking lasers. sharks with freaking lasers. These yeah. are like attack chickens with freaking lasers. He just settled um, crocodiles with freaking chickens. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, this is not the first person I ever heard of with crocodiles in the basement, and we say it a lot. But these stories are a good reminder that you should really be inspecting your units frequently. Um, but also, if someone starts to get these pets, then your next step is typically to call animal control, right? And then they have to come with attack cages. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> how does one solve? Yeah, I don't know. I'm very happy to be in Pittsburgh and not Florida and not know how to solve this issue. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Fayette County Fair might might have some attack chickens for you. What what's the tenant motivation for a crocodile though? Like you can't even sell them, right? I don't know. I don't know. There's probably a robust black market. Yeah, or maybe maybe he had too many chickens, so he got the crocodile <laughs> to solve yeah. his issue. <laughs> to solve his ecosystem, it's basically like the yeah. the alpha predator. Exactly. Uh, well, I'm glad we solved that one. 10% education. Yeah. Balance your ecosystem. Yeah. Do your walkthroughs. Probably like 2%. Yeah. 2% education right now. Yeah. 50% of the time. All right. Well, let's jump over to uh, some listener calls here with Dustin. Hey, this is Dustin from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I have a question about emotional support animals. So I have some guys that uh, applied for one of our units and they disclosed to me on the application that they do have pets that are emotionally uh, certified animals. Kind of just wanted to get some advice uh, and feedback on the policies and procedures on how you would handle a tenant that, that has this type of pet. Uh, thanks, guys. Oof. Emotionally served by the animal. Um, yes, indeed. So we love our, our emotional support animals on this show. Um, we've talked about this a little bit before. And basically, if this is a legitimate um, emotional support animal for a, an actual medical reason, you really can't do much. You have to still take the pet and you're not allowed to charge fees. Um, a lot of times you can still, you usually can still charge back damages and things to the tenants. However, your hands are a little bit tied in this situation. You can't use this as a reason to deny the tenant. You can't use it. You can't charge pet fees. You can't do anything like that. So unfortunately, the emotional support animals, you're kind of stuck with it. Um, however, I know that a lot of people are getting these letters just from the internet. So you can usually try to validate the source of the letter. Like if they said they have an emotional support animal, you should ask if they have a letter supporting that it's actually an emotional support animal, like not just they're saying that to get it. Um, but know that people can buy those letters online for like $10 more or less. I, I don't know how much it is. I don't try to cheat landlords out of their policies, but 
Um, a lot of times they are legitimate and are necessary, but unfortunately people can also abuse the system. And also, unfortunately, you're kind of stuck with it either way. So yeah, boy, tough. Yeah, tough advice. So, um, but yeah, unfortunately, nothing you can really do. So you're just going to have to um, deal with it again. If the pet does cause damages or disturbances, you can still say that they have to fix any of the damages and remedy the disturbances. So if something does happen, you can still take action. It's not like you need to just deal with it. And keep in mind that service animals and emotional support animals are two different classes. Um, service animals, if you get one, you shouldn't really be that concerned because they're usually trained and so they're very well-behaved pets. However, emotional support animals, there's no other classification other than you providing some documentation that says you require it. So that's the uh, crappy reality of emotional support animals when they're mistreated. If it's a legitimate use, there's no, I don't have any problem with it. It's whenever people go online and get like a $50 letter that says, I need this because they filled out a questionnaire online and paid for the letter, then it's like, okay, that's whenever that person is ruining it for everyone that actually needs them. Um, yeah. Yeah. They have Fortunately, there's, daytime. yeah. For, yeah. Daytime sleepiness. <laughs> Fortunately, there's um, most of the support animals are like legit pets. You're not having like attack chickens and crocodiles as your uh, support animal. Yeah, man. Uh, sorry, Dustin. Also, this is not legal advice. You should consult your yeah. attorney in any of these situations. We're just two guys that know a little bit of nothing, which is why we're ten percent half educational. Uh, and sponsored by Croc Food, <laughs> basically just chickens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So to summarize, uh, kind of them's the breaks is basically what I'm hearing. Uh, maybe talk to an attorney if you're particularly motivated about this issue, uh, and try and at least get them to provide you some substantive so proof of, uh, the claim. And then obviously understand the difference between a true service animal and a support animal. All right. Yeah. If you think it's a bogus letter or something, you can consult your attorney just to try to see what you can do in that situation. So it's worth the call to try to figure it out. Yep. Agreed. All right. Well, Tony, let's uh, switch gears quickly out of this. We don't know what to do situation. And let's talk about something that we learned. <laughs> So, uh, for me, I learned, we're just going to stay on the theme of animals. I learned that if you need to, uh, capture a raccoon, there's some really good traps, but they won't work in your attic. And those traps, they're like a little, uh, a grabber, a stake you put in the ground. And basically the animal will go on that and, uh, it's a pretty hard trap to pull, but those are the best. But if you're not, if you have a raccoon in your attic, like I did, you're going to want to use marshmallows in your trap. Those guys love marshmallows. And uh, it doesn't smell like fish or something very intense that you're going to have to put in your trap and possibly leave up there in case there's extra buddies. So that's what I've learned recently. <laughs> Did you catch the raccoon? Uh, we we had a gentleman come and th that was a recommendation he gave us after he after he removed the raccoon. Uh, yeah. Yep. Nice. You didn't train it and put freaking lasers on its head or anything? Uh, we investigated that option, but under further consideration, we actually gave it to one of your tenants as an emotional support animal. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> better than uh, better than possums. Don't worry, it's which properly are papered. <laughs> absolutely not harmful at all, the possums, but... Uh, <laughs> 
If you're a long-time listener, you'll know what we're talking about. If you're not a long-time listener, just go back. There's like only 20 episodes right now. You can listen to all of them. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, that, that sucks. Don't, don't want raccoons in your house. Mm-mm. Moral of the story. I learned that if you invest heavily in one particular neighborhood and that you're local, you should make an effort to go to the like local government meetings like the um, municipal meetings and stuff like that um, and build a relationship with the people that work in the offices. I have not done that as much as I should. And it really (laughs) can help move things along when you know the people. I fortunately have talked to on multiple occasions, the mayor of the like town that I invest in and that I live in. And um, I, we were kind of stuck in limbo on a closing where the government was like, we need to wait till our next staff meeting, which is once a month to make a decision on this. And it's like, that sucks because then what you delay closing a month. So then I just sent an email to the mayor and said like, Hey, if you don't want the community to have a bunch of dilapidated buildings, you should have this guy sell it to me so that I can fix it up like we've done with all of our other buildings. And then the community will be obviously better. And then magically, the same day from sending this email, they said, hey, we approved your stuff and you should be good for next week. So I think that if I would have had more of a relationship with the other people in the borough, I wouldn't even had to contact the mayor and that I'm lucky that I had somewhat of a relationship in the first place to help expedite my request a little bit. So long story short is build a relationship with those people that can kind of help you get things done or give you some leniency if you ever need to do anything. And, you know, if you're filing permits, if you have any kind of code related items that you're trying to remedy, stuff like that, it's always better to be on their good side than to be just some number or even worse, be on their their bad side. So Wow. I'm picturing you going to these galas for like government things. $100 $100 a meal benefit charity dinner, of course. And you're just wearing this cut off yellow t-shirt with your Facebook guy. I'm just the, just the landlord next door. Yeah. I'm um, a simple man. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is like my, uh, my borough, which is like one square mile. So I don't think there's any uh, gala for, for the borough. It's, it's more like a, a webinar where you're on. <laughs> covid webinar oh no we froze all right well i think with that camera and you oh are we back all right we're unfrozen now there's gonna be some editing on this episode yep anyway where can they find out more about us john well they can check us out at be free re on instagram uh please free re yeah uh that's our new jingle uh i'm gonna yeah we need drops Drops, drops. We need like a Florida tenant. Like this, 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 this is your, 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 your Florida tenant. Yeah. Like drops. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. 412-212-8366. Give us a call. Ask your questions. Tony will answer them for you. Tony, how can they reach you? Uh, you can find me at 412agent on Instagram. Give me some some follows. You can find me on Bigger Pockets by my name, 412agent.com, Facebook, LinkedIn, all those places. And most importantly, we need your calls. So give us a call. Again, 412-212-8366. There's your jingle. See, I, I'm so good at these jingle things. That's another thing I learned this week. 
But yep, so until next week, and we will talk to you then. All right, this episode was brought to you by Chicken Wire. Keeping the crocodiles in and the chickens out. See you, everybody. Unless you want the chickens in. Yeah, you know. This Croc food. Brought to you by crocodiles. Peace. Keeping your chickens in check. <laughs> <laughs> so many spots.